Here we go with another three-point range, the podcast that America is just now discovering. And tonight, <laughs> tonight could be the night that we go viral. Why? Because we have so much NCAA tournament bracketology, bracket knowledge, bracket heartache to share with you and some brilliance. Uh, this is Mike Berardino, joined as always by Kimball Crossley and the man who will lead us off and talk perfection, bracket perfection, Tim Crothers. Yeah, guys, I'm, I mean, every year, and I know this sounds crazy, but every single year when I fill out my bracket, I firmly believe that I am going to pick every game correctly. I, I'm, I'm just, it's just a, it's just this bizarre feeling I get like, is this the year that I'm going to pick it perfectly? And I had that thought again this year as I did it over the last couple days. And I mean, it could happen, right? With, with, with some help from the research, some research for the NCAA.com, I can tell you the basic odds of it happening are more than nine quintillion to one. <laughs> and so that's uh, nine comma two, two, three comma three, seven, two comma oh, three, six comma eight, five, four comma seven, seven, five comma eight, oh, eight to one. Um, to better grasp this, think of it this way. One quintillion is one billion billions. Oh In other God. words, if every person on <laughs> Earth right now began filling out a bracket, one bracket per minute, it would take over 2,000 years to fill out 9.2 quintillion brackets. So, uh, and, you know, one of those might actually be right. I mean, we think the vaccine rollout was tough. Boom, boom. One more point of <laughs> reference. Uh, it's estimated that there are 7.5 quintillion grains of sand on Earth. No. So if I, so if I were to pick one of those at random, one of one grain of sand, and give either of you one chance to guess which of all of those 7.5 quintillion grains of sand on the entire planet I'd picked, your odds of getting that correct would be 23% better than picking a perfect bracket. Have I blown your mind yet? All right. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, no, no, we're not done yet. Hold on, oh, hold on. Okay. But before you guys get too down on your chances, I know, I know, I might have bummed you out a little bit about the chances of you picking a perfect bracket. The numbers I just gave you are based on a coin flip every right. time. So you know, right. yeah. So so chill. I'm getting there. So uh, you know, obviously, um, that you know that means that a 16 seed is just as likely to be chosen as a one seed in the coin in the coin flip fashion. So for those of us who know our college hoops, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to loop you guys in generously. Um, our odds increased to a mere 120 billion to one, 120 billion to one to pick a perfect bracket. So you ask, has anyone ever come close? And I will tell you that the patron saint of the perfect bracket is a gentleman named Greg Nigel. He's a neuropsychologist from Columbus, Ohio, who in 2019 correctly predicted the first 49 games of the 29 tournament before face planning in game 50 when number three seed Purdue beat number two seed Tennessee 99-94 in overtime. Imagine oh his disappointment when his 50th game in a row, he lost in overtime. 
That was the second game of the Sweet 16. So he picked all the first-round games and all the second-round games right. I mean, can you even imagine? Nigel's is the first and only verified bracket ever to pick through the Sweet 16 correctly. That's pretty freaking amazing. And it's still 14 games short of perfect. That said, I think this year I'm pretty sure I have the perfect bracket. <laughs> and I've submitted it to Kimball's pool for verification. So I'll, now I will now list my, all of my winners here, my, my 32 first-round winners. No, no, I'm just kidding. Can you, can, you, can you comment on the, the math before you get to that? Sure, the, the go ahead. Go ahead. Well, sure. No, because, you know, right, exactly. It's not a coin flip. And, you know, I used to correct. I used to, before we did this online, and I have a pool online, I used to, you know, everybody would send them to me one way or the other, and I would have like a stack of 60 or 70, and I'd correct them. And, you know, it wasn't uncommon for someone to be uh, 28 and 4, through the first two rounds or 27 and five. Um, mm -hmm. And, and again, it's like, it's not a coin flip and, and it, I think it's become harder. I think, you know, it's pretty well documented that, I mean, there was, a, there were years where 16 and 15 had never won. And now that's happened a few times. Um, so, you know, there were games that you could pick and then it felt like, okay, well, you know, if, if that five or six, the person was 27 and five, you know, okay. Yeah, they were wrong, but, but a lot of people were probably 27 and 5, and they could have been right. It, it, I still think, no, it's not anything like a coin flip. There's people that go well, there's 49, a big 49 and 13. They go 49 and 13 for the whole thing, or, or what, 50 and 13, whatever. And, and, um, and I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're still short. But of all the people picking all those brackets and saying, like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going good until Kansas beat Duke. Oh, no, but I wasn't. I had Duke over Kansas. It still blows my mind that, that you know, it, someone doesn't do it because it, it's there, not a coin flip. It's not. I mean, and that's why there is, there's a huge difference between 9.2 quintillion and 120 <laughs> billion. What is but the difference? But 120 billion is still a lot. I mean, I think still about can't how long it's it, that much. Think about 120 billion, you know, how, how many... <laughs> How many tournaments and how many brackets would have to be would have to be filed before you'd get to 120 billion? I mean, that's that's a lot. So, yeah, I mean, you're making it sound like oh, you know, a little tweak here and there, and it could be done. Uh, and that that's why I appreciate your faith in me because I'm sure that some of those brackets you looked at uh, were mine, and that you know I was just this close several times to to doing this, and that's why I'm so sure that this is the one. All right. What's the furthest into the tournament either of you guys have gone uh, without missing a game? Three games. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You ever Honestly, had a 16 doesn't, doesn't it seem like doesn't it seem like every year in on, in the first wave of games you've already yeah. missed one? I mean, I I, oh, I never get through the first first, you know, early early afternoon on Thursday. I never get through that without a miss ever. Huh. You what about you, Kimball? No, it feels like, yeah, you know, you, you think you're going to go like 8-0 that first wave, and then you end up 7-1, and one, something happens. And, and not only that, but that that one is often like, oh, man, I had them going all the way into the round of eight. <laughs> and, no, you know, that, one, that one is always <laughs> the team that I have in my survivor pool, and I'm out <laughs> in the first two hours. Yeah, I feel like consistently I, I can go 12-4, 
on the on the first day and twelve before the second day. That's that's the typical. Some days, some years it's ten and six. You can anyway. do that pick and chalk. But here, now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There was one. I think it was twenty eighteen. The 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 greatest mind blowing experience was I made it through sixteen and zero through the first day. And and I don't know if Ooh. I put it in for Kimball or not. I did for Baseball America. I did for a couple other outlets. But I went sixteen and zero the first day, and then the second day I'm I I won the first ten. So I made it to 20, and this is legit, 26 and 0. I documented, I tweeted about it. I was bringing people along with it. I got to 26 and 0, and then I uh, lost like maybe two. So I think I went 30 and 2 on the first two days, and then uh, everything fell apart on the first weekend. <laughs> I lost my champion. I, I, all, I had one Final Four team left after the first weekend. And uh, it was just devastating because if you, I really did 26 and 0 stays with me. If you start 26 and 0, you're thinking, I have finally solved it. I am Captain Bracket. <laughs> and then I had a terrible bracket because um, maybe it was too much chalk. I mean, obviously, it was, it was one of those years where there were not as many upsets, let's say. But I, I know how to mix in the appropriate number of upsets. 26 and 0. I will, I'll probably never do that again. But I'd rather have. The twelve and four, twelve and four, and it's all about just keep your final four teams alive because you really, you, that's where the big points are. I mean, basically, yeah. you're so you're basically picking chalk, is what you're telling. Well, no, I said you, you, it, that's going to get you there. You can't overdo. Well, it, it is about. Uh, we, I'll, I'll talk a little more about some of my theories on where I have a where I'm supposed to have a point, but I'm just inserting here that. You mean um, after the after the dead guy thing? I, I don't I don't have one for you this time, but, okay, uh, but all right, all right. yeah, <laughs> before someone dies, Tim. Let's <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make your picks now. I don't know. I mean, anybody's got a calculator, whatever you were doing there with the calculator, but uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm giving you personal stories that none of you can, neither of you can match. Twenty six and zero start. Absolutely. Good, good not. luck with that. Yeah, so, absolutely. And it happened, and it was one of those years, maybe, where I had Michigan State winning it all. And I don't know, and they, and they just, and they just, they surprisingly went out in the first weekend, and and it just devolved quickly. All right. Um, it didn't didn't somebody have a perfect bracket on the ESPN thing a couple years ago, five five plus years ago? No, I, I might. I'm. We might. We might invite a a, a guest. Uh, to, to join us uh, in our next podcast, who will tell you a story about okay. about a, a a surprisingly good bracket um, that occurred that year, but that yeah. we're just going to bring that up as a tease yeah. that may we'll see you. especially we'll see a tease that will, that may or may not actually happen, which is even better. We'll, well, we'll, we'll lure our, our audience <laughs> in, and then we really won't promise them anything. I uh, I'll I'll be sure to bring up the twenty six and zero uh, that time. So the two greatest. Uh, mm-hmm. And O's in my lifetime are 17 and 0, the Dolphins of 72, and then my 26 and 0. And, and then I'm, I'm telling you, I blew it for Were there. you on just, that Dolphins team? What, I, what, I what, team, what, what position did you I play? Was, I was not. No, but, but oh, just okay. to, uh-huh. those are the two greatest of my but lifetime. You take credit for it anyway. Okay. I wasn't even watching it. I was on a horse farm, but, I, but I've read about it greatly since. And, uh, you know, Garrow and all that. Okay, so, um, no. You know, That's I love 35. I lost 35 cents in that game, remember? Yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. we better move on. we got so much we got to cover here. Let's, get All right, let's hear the All final right. four. Let's hear actual picks, final four, and champion. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you a couple upset specials because, of course, that's that's what this is really – that's where the fun your, of this really, really comes. Your time is running short. 
Okay. Just eat up all his time with the Dolphins. Go to right. All right, so I got Winthrop and Liberty going to the Sweet 16. Oh. And I got San Diego State to the Elite Eight. And then my final four is uh, I, I like Mike's, you know, Big Ten dreams for two teams in the final four, Ohio State and Illinois. Along with Florida State, I know that's kind of the, the sexy upset pick, and I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. And then unlike Kimball, who has jumped off the Gonzaga uh, bandwagon, I'm sticking with my prediction I made back in podcast number seven. Gonzaga, 81, Illinois, 73. Cue the one shining moment. Now, I know that champion isn't very sexy, but odds are, and we've discussed odds this entire point, odds are it gives me the best chance for a perfect bracket. All right. There you go. Lovely, Mm -hmm. lovely. Let's go to Kimball. I like it. All right. So, look, I got to say, I'm, I'm a lily-livered liar. <laughs> I'm a bad person. We know. We know. I, I'm a bad person. I, I, I know I said this is going to be the craziest tournament ever. <laughs> and oh, I know I said no Big Ten <laughs> team is ever going to win this tournament. And I know I said... Um, that Gonzaga was going to win, and now I don't think they're going to win. And that I said that no one in the top 25 was going to win this tournament. But look, in my defense, <laughs> you see, the problem with the pool, you want to win the pool, and you only can pick one team to win. So I can't say like, hey, somebody out of the top 25 is going to win. That's not going to win the pool, right? And I, I can't, I can't say, hey. I win as long as no Big Ten team wins. I can't say I win as long as no Gonzaga doesn't win. So, I, Gonzaga, I, Gonzaga. I had mm. to pick. I had to pick a single team, and unfortunately, you know, when you really dive deep into it, again, there's lots of teams that could. Be, I still think there's going to be craziness. I still think there's going to be upsets, and of course, it's going to be so much fun. The, the unimaginable happening. You know, I do think North Carolina could beat Baylor. I do think Virginia. You know, if they're healthy, can can be the one team in that that region to beat Gonzaga. You know, but but yes, I had to pick a single team, and you can't just do. I'll take the field. Um, I still would take the field in a funny way. I'd still like take that. You know, the bets that were going around the no Big Ten. You know, a lot of people were saying anybody but Gonzaga and Baylor, things like that. I still kind of if that was the bet, but this is not the bet. You got to. Like put a team in there in the final four, a team in there in the finals, and the team all the way. So, yeah, I I I had to chicken out, and I'm a sissy. And so, you know, I'd love to say uh, we talked about last week. I'd love to like say Virginia's going to beat Gonzaga, but there's too many question marks. I'd love to say UNC's going to beat Baylor, and then they're going to lose to somebody like Winthrop. You know, after beating Baylor. You know, I'd love to let go with that. But then you get to the late rounds, and now you're, like, stuck with, well, where, how far is Winthrop going? Well, now what's Virginia going to do? They're not that good, and they might not even be healthy. They might not even get in the first round. And now I got them going all the way. And then I was all set to pick Michigan, and then Livers goes down. I was liking Texas or Alabama, but they play each other so early, relatively, and in the same region. And it's like, flip a coin. And then I'm just like, and then I was taking a deeper dive on like the West Virginias of the world and, and going like, man, the resume is just not that good. Again, these are teams that can make a run, but you really have to have a complete team to win six games. 
And and that's why, you know, there's upsets. But in the end, you look at Final Four, and it's very rarely not a number one seed that win it, wins it. It's very rarely not two or three number one seeds in there. And so that's what happens. And I really don't think, you know, as, as good as Gonzaga did look, you know, early in the year, and I do think, you know, obviously undefeated and all that, um, this is far from a super team compared to teams of past. Like, you know, it's not the quickest team, right? And it's not the biggest team. Um, and But it's a really nice, skilled team, and I think it's been trouncing people. And it, it is so frustrating that, you know, I think one of the things about Gonzaga is they really they have this great continuity. And even if their personnel changes, they manage to execute, you know, early in the year. And I think that's why they sometimes win some of those games against the the tougher teams early and we don't know what would happen late because they're busy playing, you know, in that lousy conference. And when you think about like their big two or three games during the season is a routine night in the big 12. It's like, Oh, we got West Virginia's playing Texas tech again. Oh, you know, I mean, just like these teams in big 10, you know, they're just all hammering each other. So I don't, I don't think there's that standout team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna still not pick Gonzaga, but it's hard not to pick him going all the way to the Final Four. So again, if you guys want to comment on any of that, or if you want me to just get to your pick, my picks, I will do it. But uh, I'll give you I'll, the dramatic. I'll comment, by, I'll comment by saying it doesn't sound like you've really decided yet. <laughs> have you actually uh, decided? I, I, I no, mean, I have. The most but, rambling, like I know. It's almost no. like you're still trying to talk yourself into something. It was the hardest. Uh, it was by far the hardest year I've had because I really usually as the tournament comes, I know like that team is that's the team. You know, as the season goes on, I see teams and I sort of rule other teams out and say, yeah, they're good, but they're good, but and there's two or three teams left standing. That I go like, man, they are really, really good, and I will have no problem putting them down as the champion. Um, and I don't feel that way this year. So yeah, I. It, but so you just p- pasted it up on br- the bracket up on the dartboard and threw a dart like nope, you usually do. Nope, you'll see when I tell you my final four. It's not like that. I'll I'll stand by these, but I'm just sort of walking you through, you know, how my process and also, you know, why I'm such a, a liar about all those things I said in earlier podcasts. I mean, basically, or my defense. every every time we spent ten minutes on one of your points leading up to the NCAA tournament, you have debunked all of it. I mean. Everything you said is gone. I, mean, I know. That's, why did we? Why, why did we let you talk? We shouldn't have let you talk. That was. <laughs> I, I feel horrible. Uh-huh. All I can hope is all I can hope is that no, that my pool will go bad, but uh-huh. Virginia will beat Gonzaga, and and UNC will beat Baylor, and some of those other things will happen, and 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 they'll be the craziest tournament ever, and and we'll say, oh no, those were good podcasts. The one bad mm-hmm. podcast is when he picked those chalky teams. You know, before the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm. Mike, ready. Mike, got anything? You, you want my picks? Mike, are you still there? Oh yeah. Did somebody I'm die? Like, Did somebody <laughs> die? Did somebody <laughs> die? <laughs> I'm looking at my bracket. And I'm trying to prepare some kind of overarching point because I already played one of my points. Oh my uh, god! Personal. Don't prepare. <laughs> just doing a little preparation. But uh, you're filling oh, out your bracket I, right I would now just, too, aren't I'm you? Counter, I just counterpunch here. I don't think either one of you made, made a no, decision, I have made a decision I about this. I've got a right beautiful now. bracket. My bracket's complete. No I dots. like my bracket. I want to say this. I want to ask Kimball this. How, especially in this year of the podcast, but, it, you know, Kimball's all about the bold proclamation throughout the season. How often 
Do you find yourself as you sit and, and, and gaze at your empty bracket, how often do you think back to those bold proclamations you make along the way <laughs> and feel trapped by them? Because so many times, you know, your first instinct is the best in instinct. Well, but right, but, but Mike, I know you were repairing your point during my point, but I think I just discussed all this. <laughs> That's literally what I just talked about. Well, I talked well, about. You said a lot of things, but no, I, I, and I, 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 I you lost I, me early. You lost I me. I talked about how I, how <laughs> on earlier podcasts, I, you know, um, you know, said I, I think there's going to be a lot of whatever. But did you, did, in the end? Will we, will we, did you hold on to anything that you felt strongly about along the way? Or did you it's, just, was it as though you had not said anything at all uh, no, strongly? No, I, I still, I, I think I stand by a lot of what I said. And again, I, it'll be happy for this bracket that I'm about to divulge to be proven wrong, especially if these things happen. I'll be like, oh, good. Um, but yeah, it's tough because again, you have to pick a team. You can't pick a theory. And, and so, and then, and a lot of my, the teams that I would have liked, like if Virginia had just not gotten COVID, if we could have just seen them play Georgia Tech and see if, you know, Tony Bennett's teams just keep getting better and better, then I feel so much better that, about them coming out of that region. But like, we don't even know now what they got. And then I did, I do, you know, I do think Bill Self in Kansas, it's just amazing how consistent they are. Amazing. And I would have said, don't sleep on Kansas, you know, and, and, and they're just going to come in and come out of that region, but no COVID. And then, yeah, so I'm sorry, but are you ready yet or not? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Have you made your decision yet? Or is this, no, you no, talk Tim, yourself into it? No, the sad part is, is <laughs> it's, it's frighteningly similar to yours. So as Good luck said, with that. Um, your Zags are going to the final four. Of course, the Baylor bears, are going to the final four. Mm. The fighting Illini is going to the final four. Freaky guards are no, and they've gotten better. Um, and uh, Florida State is going to the final four, and it scares the hell out of me that they all of a sudden keep turning the ball over. Um, <laughs> and then the difference is the Zags are going to the finals, and they are going to lose, as I have lied many times, to a Big Ten team, the fighting Illini. Ugh. I know it's sad. It's pathetic. It's not pathetic. I'm not you, proud of it. You, I'm not proud of it. Gone back on everything you've said, but then, I know. then you you adopted Mike's theory, which is even worse. I know, I know. But I had to. I had to say if I really have to pick one thing to win in a pool, you know. And look, my upset pool, beautiful. I can go with all my theories and hope that my upset pool is better. But I thought for this one, I should play it. Play it straight and say, what do I honestly think is the best chance of happening despite all my crazy theories? And I, I will write apologies to everybody that ever listened to our podcast. <laughs> That'll take, take a few, <laughs> four minutes. <laughs> it won't take long. No. I'll, okay, well. Um... I, I, yeah, I... I see a lot of myself in that uh in that final salvo except uh i'll just say one of the things that uh, you i don't know why there's this disdain for the clarity that i borrowed from jay billis back in december i went i went back and listened because 
you know, it's been in my, I, I do feel trapped by those statements you might make along the way, the, de the declarative statements where you just say, I, I have seen something it's just irrefutable about this season and it's going to play out. But, um, and one of those things was when Jay Billis says back in December that the Big Ten is head and shoulders above any other league, uh, didn't say that they'd win a championship, but just it just stood to reason that they would, as Kimball says, it's correct. If, if the quality competition is championship level or close and you're putting nine of your teams into the NCAAs and you haven't won a championship as a league since 2000 and you've lost seven straight NCAA finals, even though you're a major, major conference, um, and uh, even though you've done one in nine in championship games, going all the way back to the Frieder Factor, Fisher Factor team of 89, which won it, um, they're just due. There's also that aspect. The Big Ten is due to actually, they keep getting there. They're going to, one of them's going to win it. I'm not 100% convinced that it will be Illinois this time, but that's, I mean, it really could be another. I did use the term pop-up champion when I went back and listened at the end of December, the podcast we did. And I did vouch that Illinois was a team that had a lot of pieces I liked, and I definitely liked the Brad Underwood defensive system, and I'd, I'd noticed them even a year ago before the shutdown. They were going to be one of the teams that I would have probably put into the Sweet 16 or beyond. They have not been to an NCAA tournament in eight years, Illinois. Um, and Underwood's only been there a few years, and he started slowly. But um, and he, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I can't watch the guy or look at the guy without thinking about Nick Nolte and blue chips this is pete bell this is pete bell come to life and he's got the he's got the face like uh you know a punch in the nose uh and uh this is no nonsense and uh and i love the way the team plays so i feel justified already that illinois made it to a one seed i think i'm playing with house money now because i did have clarity some borrowed about the league but i picked illinois out of the group i've said some nice things about no, 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 no. I said nice the, things the, about the Iowa. Tour. You you denigrated Iowa, Illinois back and in I still late denigrated it. No, no, no. The, you, the, you said their guards are crazy. Well, if you say, but they and they are, and it's like we were talking about like a winning team, and I thought like like what does a winning team normally look like? No one's looked like that this year. And again, you can you can talk when the tournament's over. In Illinois wins. You can you can beat I'm, that all down. No, that's not justification. I feel great about we it. Didn't so, say we're not, and the Big no. Ten did hold up over the next two months. And as I said back in December, Gonzaga would not face and BYU's mm. decent. And BYU had them on the ropes in the championship game of their league. But uh, I said Gonzaga would get bored and that they wouldn't have consistent enough competition. So if that all plays out, great. But it's, I just feel justified that I heard Tim put Illinois into the final. I heard Kimball pick Illinois. There's no the justification. Yeah. So you guys have finally come around, and and good on you to to uh, swallow your pride and see that I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so glad for my pull to be wrong this year. So, a uh, couple of things. Uh, we didn't talk enough about North Carolina. You know, it was Kimball. I'm gonna admit that I borrowed this. This got into my head, and it made perfect sense that Kimball said. Uh, you know, once we saw the bracket, we said this. Uh, he said it on Monday. You know, this Carolina team. We've been talking about them on and off this year. Of course, there's a Car three Carolina people talking on this broadcast. Carolina alums. This is the, the ultimate. Uh, how else could it end other than this eight seed doing something great and then something terrible? So 
Yes, I don't. I don't. Baylor's never gone to the Final Four. I, I, they did have their multiple. They had their long COVID pause. Uh, Scott Drew is being pursued by Indiana, so uh, there'll be some distraction. Uh, Carolina has been a, a number eight seed three times in its modern history since '85, and two of those, as Kimball alluded to previously, uh, one of them was the '90 win over Oklahoma, that Rick Fox baseline drive. That was the 8-1 upset. And then in 2000, Bill Guthridge, uh, they got to the Final Four over Stanford with an 8-1 upset in the Final Four. Uh, 2013, they were also an 8, and they lost to Kansas, but they played them hard. I think they'll beat Baylor in the second round, and then I think they'll lose to Purdue. That's what I see for Carolina. I think that uh, I really like the Purdue pieces as i've said i think they have everything they need but they have better guards and carolina's achilles heel a terrible shooting team and erratic guard play so i think the Jaden ivy brandon newman backcourt will will dominate that game um so uh, yeah i have let's see one two three <laughs> big four big 10 teams in the final eight that feels about right michigan's not one of them because of the liver's injury and uncertainty that's a big setback and I'm with you on the Florida State thing. I think Florida State's the team that knocks out Michigan, but then it so often happens in the tournament when you when you have that huge emotional breakthrough and you think you got it. Well, the next round you get punched in the nose. And and this and again, I will defer to Jay Billis. I'm not going to pretend that I see anything out there by and large, uh, anything uh, more clearly than that guy does. And he, if he believes Alabama is legit and i certainly have respected nate oates uh, the way going back to the buffalo days i like those buffalo teams they got to the sweet 16 for me um you know nate oates is legit and um uh alabama the analytics say that they're the most they're the number one defensive efficiency team so that sounds good to me uh, alabama over florida state in that final eight gonzaga over iowa that's a regular season rematch those don't always go the same way uh luca garza put 30 on gonzaga when they played in south dakota but uh, gonzaga gets to the final four they've done that before they were in the final recently um i like an all big 10 final eight in the south but i have ohio i really struggled over this but i went ohio state over purdue great respect for both programs great respect for this ohio state team that'd be a worthy champion what they did coming back from 17 down in a big 10 title game was very impressive but um and then I believe Tim mentioned San Diego State in the Elite Eight. I, too, have that. Um, you know, you just can't buy into Houston. Kelvin Sampson, good guy, long history, but uh, they don't play anybody. So uh, San Diego State's a team that a year ago was one of those teams uh, was going to be a small conference team, have a breakthrough, and then that was taken away from them. This team started slowly and, and has been great since the middle of January. I like Illinois to beat San Diego State in the Midwest final. And then your final, your championship game, I exactly like Kimball, Illinois over Gonzaga. And it's oh, God. Mark, Mark Few. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pick any. I mean, it's too hard to run the table. No, it's just too no, hard. I don't, like, I don't, it, I would say it doesn't matter who it has nothing to do really to me at that moment with Mark Few or the Big Ten strength or any. I, I just, I'm not going to pick any team in college basketball, the most unpredictable sport of all in some ways. Uh, to, to, if something hasn't happened since 1976, there's a very good reason. And so I, I don't know that any team will. I mean, can, that Kentucky team in 15 was head and shoulders above the best. The, the Vegas team in 91 was head and shoulders above the rest. 
and then Richie the Fixer Perry had the hot tub and and then Duke, Duke, Duke won. Uh, that game that game was fixed, and I was there, and that game was fixed. But um, I just don't see it. I don't see Indiana giving up that uh, that that claim. The '76 Indiana team ran. You the think table. those teams lost because they were undefeated? I think the pressure. I think it's good to have. A, I'll say an Al McGuire type thing. God bless him. Uh, I, it's good to have a loss somewhere along the way because it refocuses everything. The pressure of an un, you're not just trying to win a championship. You're trying to become immortal. That's just too much to process at any age, much less 18 to 21, especially for a program that's never done it. Like if a Gonzaga, I think those already, guys are really thinking about that. I do. I I, they're going to not thinking about being immortal. Every one of these you walk Zoom on the things. court. You, you think they walk on the court and they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, we're I, undefeated." I just think no. I don't. I, don't I think we've no. I, you don't uh, ask the 2015 Kentucky players if it got to them and they finally lost to Wisconsin. I just think it's another. It's another aspect. It's it just almost feels like you're trying to win two championships if you're trying to go undefeated. So also, it, this is if you've stacked all the Gonzaga teams in the last 20 years up, and I haven't seen this team that much, but but just just knowing all the talent that's passed through there and the way a lot of those teams played and and the talent that they were able to beat in the non-conference portion. This is this might be his fifth or sixth best team. No, that's not true. Yeah, it could be. No. It could be. He, no, he's, had, he's had none of those the teams team had, had Mr. Suggs. That's the difference. That yeah, no. They Suggs, when they cut it down, that's right. going to be the guy right. who does it. All right. All right. Yeah, well, no. That they have they have you know a lot of good things, and I do think that you know again, unlike some super teams in the past, I do think they're not like like brutally tough inside and they're not brutally quick and, and a combination of those two things. But, you know, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a better Gonzaga team because they do have a defensive identity and inside presence and quickness at the guards. Um, you know, so I disagree with that, but also you know, the whole uh, immortality thing, you know, I do think losses do make you better sometimes. And, and if you ever coach a sport, you know, like, it, it, the team's rolling and it's harder to get their attention in practice and really make them think like, I'm telling you guys, I know we're undefeated, but we got to do a better job of denying the wing or, or boxing out or, you know, you know, or executing our sets. And it's just, you don't, and when you get a loss, sometimes you come back to practice and, and you work better. Now, of course it obviously can be done and teams have done it, but I think that's the real factor that it, it like you just not as, as sharp and then any overdog, any any team that's favored to win in this tournament, there's no question it, it's harder to start making shots when when you're thinking like, oh boy, we this could be it, you know. And and the more you're expected to be it, you know, win, the then the more pressure I think is on you. That's why Dean Smith, I think, was always trying to downplay certain things, and it, it just it actually made it worse. Um, so that could happen, but but they they seem they seem to, you know, I don't know if it helps them to be outside the mainstream, you know, media um, a bit. I mean, what do you think, Tim? Do you think that they... I think can... their haughtiness, the, any haughtiness that you're, you might gain from from being undefeated is bat, will be balanced out as the tournament goes along by all the people who say, well, when's it going to happen? They fail right. every year, and surely they're going to fail this year. And I think that's... that. Is what if you need to, if you need to scare them straight? I think that's what's going to scare them straight. I think people are going to be so sure that it's not going to happen for all the reasons we've already discussed that uh, that you're not going to have that factor of oh well 
I just I don't see this team and think of them as being like oh they're gonna they're just gonna assume this is gonna happen. I, I don't believe that, and I think it's because of the history that of misery that Gonzaga has in the tournament, and that that you know they're ex- so much of the country expects them to blow it, and that to me is is even a better motivating factor. That's that's exactly what they need. The more they hear that, the better. I'd also like to just get on the record, and and uh, we're going to wrap up here in a second. But uh, Neil Weinberg of the Washington Post, who does sports analytics, uh, covers sports analytics, did a really interesting article where he talked about. I didn't realize it's been ten straight. Maybe Tim mentioned this in that earlier podcast, but ten straight tournaments we've had at least five teams with double-digit seeds win in the first round. So I just want to throw these names out there. I have all these teams winning. You guys had a few. I want credit for these if when it happens. Uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth, St. Number 10 or lower, Abilene Christian, Maryland, Rutgers, uh, Colgate, Virginia Tech. I have all those, so uh, there you go, America. You're welcome. Um, There's still time. (laughs) There's still time to get in and uh, to your pools, and we hope you'll all play because it is the most wonderful time of the year. For uh, Kimball Crossley. Wait, how's that 200 to 1? How's that two hundred to one uh, bet on Duke working out for you guys? Three hundred. I just wanted to check. Three hundred to just, one. Well, I thought you yep. were you were trying to talk Kimball into it when it was two hundred to one. I was curious how that's working out. Yeah, so it it's uh, three hundred to one, and, and it's uh, they didn't make the tournament. So uh, that's a, <laughs> I, got a, I got a little problem there. I got value. I got value, but uh, that's an uncashed ticket that'll be uh, framed and mounted on my in my study. So. Uh, that's the gambler's lament. Value. Don't don't feel trapped by your integrity, Mike. If there's anything that we that you and I can take out of this this podcast, it's that we still have our integrity, and somebody else doesn't. I'll somebody who will remain. I'm voting against my own picks Mm -hmm. so that my integrity will come back, and I can say, "Oh, good." Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, that's it. That's our that's our spectacular NCAA tournament preview, and uh, we'll see if I can start off twenty six and zero again this year. <laughs> and uh, if that happens, uh, that's all I'll be talking about on Monday. So, uh, thanks again for listening. This has been Three Point Range. Check us out on Substack, Facebook, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor.fm. For Kimball Crosley, Tim Crothers, I'm Mike Berardino. <laughs>